Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I'm here in my family room of the guest house here in Paradise Valley, Arizona. <laughs> Usually Cody and I are outside, but it's a little chillier little, right now, so we're inside with little, the heat on. Yeah, a little chilly. Got Cody Nelson here, my buddy, 25, 30 years, the glassing guru, the optics manager at GoHunt.com. Cody, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great. To we haven't been to we, this is it's we, we had a little space there. You've been busy. You've been jet setting. I know it's uh, it's one of those things that our schedules just didn't seem to align. But here we are, and we're sitting right before Christmas time. I can't uh, here in twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two is almost over. The, I mean, we have ten days or so left in the month. Well, the fact that it you know it's literally Christmas in five days is just it. I where did the year go? Yeah, it's um, pretty incredible. As it as it relates to go hunt mm-hmm. and the journey of seems like four or five years. Yep. With you as the optics manager and the growth of go hunt, how is it going here in twenty twenty two? You know, it's incredible. First of all, and the clients and and the repeat and you know the ecosystem that's been created and that I get to you know and fortunate and, and love being involved with and and, and i mean just it, it it never ceases to amaze me the amount of people you know new you know coming from places that have never heard before signing up new people um it, it it they just keep coming and it there's so much stuff coming from the east to the west and it's fun getting to talk to those guys because they are, it makes you kind of humble and makes you kind of remember and makes you kind of think about what what we maybe have taken for granted of how special being out West is. And and there still is that, you know, I, what's the Western books, Lulamore or whatever. I mean, there's still that fantasy with going out West. And sure. I think it's, you know, we, we're helping people provide you know, or helping people with that dream, I guess, because now it's it's not the old west and it's not the guns a blazing, but you know it some is. Some parts it is. <laughs> some parts it is, but 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 yeah, I just I, I you know the this it's been an incredible ride, and I I absolutely get to work with some of the most talented, greatest group of 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 outdoorsmen, you know, um, people. Uh, I mean, just their pure passion about what they're doing, and and then and then to watch them do that in a business setting, and have that you know kind of be that camaraderie, um, it's it's amazing, and and I it's amazing to watch even the people that don't even hunt in our business, that just absolutely have a newfound like respect, appreciation, understanding. Of like these guys aren't just a bunch of gun toting, you know, like crazy guys. They're they're you know they they live it. They 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 love doing it. They 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 just they're they're fully involved with it, you know, year round. And we keep hearing that message over and over and over again. How is the new? I haven't seen the new headquarters, the Go Hunt headquarters. Yeah, yeah. They've gone from one to another to another i yep. believe three different moves maybe four um, yeah I, I think i was at the second one and then that's when we had a warehouse but yeah we've moved twice since then 
And, I mean, it is, you walk in and you're thinking, wow. Yeah. I mean, I've it, seen a lot of the pictures and the videos and uh, the place looks amazing. So for the people out there listening, uh, Cody and I, I was actually in Cody's wedding. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I say 20 years ago and the reality is I'll be 50 next month. It's probably 30 years ago. Um, we've known each other a long time. Um, but you have been, you know, kind of taken over the uh, whole optics department and you're the manager of that whole department up yes, there sir. and, uh, you handle, you know, customer service, talking every day on the phone to customers and talking optics, selling optics, talking glassing gear, etc. Um, did you ever think when you first started at Gohan that the capacity and the volume of sales had, that you guys had, do now was even no. possible? No, because, I, I mean, I, willingly there was expectations and and not like, oh, Cody, you will do that. It's not like that at all. It was like, hey, we want to keep growing this and do this. And there, was, there, there, there would be numbers thrown out and people would say, oh, we want you to do this. And I'd be like, oh, wow. That's a pretty tough number. Kind of been there and done that, and that's you know we're gonna we're gonna get over that hump, but it's gonna take a little bit, and uh, and then all of a sudden, just with that again, I, you know that what I call that go hunt push. I mean, it it literally is. Um, it's it's been amazing to watch it grow like that, just because you know you have the insider and you have everything that we do with that, and people are hungry for information. Sure, and. You know, th th just in that sentence, it allows me to do so much with people and spend time and, and help put things together and help put systems together and help. And, and, and again, it all comes back to creating that, that opportunity for someone to be more successful in the field. And that's, at the end of the day, that's what the whole Go Hunt ecosystem is about. Is, is literally just making somebody, ex their experience in the field um, you know, maybe cutting away some of the, l not learning experience. Everybody's going to go through those learning curves, but, but we're trying to help people like cut, you know, like just dive get, right in, dive and, right yeah. in and like, like here, this is the stuff you need to be successful. And the text messages I get, the, the, the emails I get, the, the message we get at Go Hunt. I mean, it literally is working. And it, it, it is creating that environment for people to, to, to have fun, be successful. And I don't mean successful just by killing game. I mean, that's all part of it. But some guys will call you and say, hey, I didn't shoot anything, but boy, I saw more game than I've ever seen before just because of, you know, the way that you, you did this. And, and I, I would just be, I, I can't even imagine if I was trying to keep all that stuff inside. Sure. And not helping people do that. Sure, sure. I've felt that way with this podcast a lot. We've got a bunch of questions that I want to dive into here um, on the Q&A about optics, glassing, gear, etc. Um, before we do that, uh, you are going to be, looks like, doing some late coos deer hunting here in Arizona yeah. due to a tag being turned well, in and given I, back. For all the people that don't believe in the system or and i i will admit that sometimes i get luckier than some guys but um my wife actually got somebody turned her tag back in arizona game of fish called 
you know, said, hey, and the, the benefit of this deal is is that, that we are actually giving that tag to my, my kid, and this is the last time that he can go on a hunt on a, on a, on a quote-unquote youth, mm-hmm. you know, deal. And, and I, we're so happy about it because my dad died you know, a month ago, which is kind of odd we're talking about it, but um, my brother's going to be in town. My nephew's here. Both my boys are off school. Um, my 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 daughter is you know who's you know I she she's so quiet about certain things, but she's like, Dad, can I go on this one? And I was like, Well, I mean, it just rocks me like because you know she's you know the 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 social part of it and the kids and what they're doing and and then all of a sudden you know they you're like, Oh, so you do want to go on these deals? So th- this is going to be a really cool time. And it's I have zero expectations other than to be with my family and have fun. Yeah. And if we get to, you know, get to kill a buck or, you know, get to see I mean, that's all we care about, and we're just going to go have some fun on it. But boy, um, do I feel really, you know, just as lucky as it can possibly be to be the recipient of, you know, the system working in the way that I think it should work. Sure. Um with this, so we've had what I would call a cold snap here in Arizona. Oh, yeah. Seemed like the last seven to 10 days. It's going to warm up a little bit. Um, but it seems like the last seven or 10 days have been really cold um, compared to normal. Well, in the Nelson house, if my wife, Miss Nellie, is, telling, telling, is turning the heat on, we know it's so cold. It, you know it's cold. Yeah. And. Just curious what you're hearing out there as far as rut reports. Um, if, if the coos deer, it's the 20th of December. If, if you're hearing if they're nosing around, I'm hearing of small bucks kind of moving around, checking does. Um, Ty and I went and checked a spot on, on uh, let's see, that would have been uh, Sunday evening. Or, yeah, Sunday, I'm sorry, Saturday evening. And of the 10 does that we saw, uh, you know, it's one of those things that you you just, you know, old habits are hard to break. But I saw these does, does moving, and I and I told Ty to check the backtrack and, and, you know, where that doe had come. Sure enough, here comes a little buck just, you know, just trailing. You know, not, not, I mean, not nose to the ground, like, you know, pushing her, but, but definitively 100 yards back off the trail. It, you know, sure enough, there was two different instances where, where, where that deal um, happened, and there was there was a buck following that doe, so the little bucks are definitely out and moving, and and in 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 this particular pocket anyway. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a great um, after Christmas season. You know, we always say on these December hunts, the, the last part of the hunt usually is the best. So weather's right, moon's right, timing's right. So yeah, I, I'm I have uh, yeah I have some good expectations for that part of it good well um let's dive into some of these questions and uh, have some fun with this first question is best spotting scope between one thousand and two thousand dollars well i mean you got to talk about the vortexes uh you know the razor uh, hds um you got to throw the zeiss gavi in there you know at, at the upper end of that and and you can't you can't not mention the the uh the Santium, the XX fives. Um all of those will, will do a great job. There's some differences a little bit in 
you know, some of those are 85 millimeters versus um, 80 millimeters. Um, the power ranges will change just slightly on the lower ends. Um, but all of those are, are good quality, mid-tier, excellent pieces, you know, of, of gear that people will be able to, to, to be successful with. Swarovski ATC STC review and thoughts, please. Oh, geez. You know, that, that piece, um, and Jay, you know me for years now. I've, I've been asking actively in the, in the optics business, I've been asking and pushing for us compact spotter from one of, you know, anybody that makes high end glass. I, I just, I've been begging for it for years. Koa did a great job, and and still, you know, don't get me wrong. That Koa five five three five five four, that's a, an incredible piece of gear. Um, it's a great price point, um, it, but I'm not gonna tell. I mean, when the ATC STC came out, I was completely blown away by it. Um, I think the the best part of it is is that. You know, you're at that two pound range. It's super small. Have you? Have you? Have, I haven't looked through it. Okay, and they've been really tough to. I, I gotta kind of put a little thing out to our customers. Our customers have been so excellent about this and so um, uh, patient with this because uh, Sarovsky went through some changes at the end of of August. And they were trying to implement a system, and, and, and it is going to work, and we've been asking for this kind of thing for years. And so they just picked the time to do it. And anytime that you put software into a system and blah, 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 um, sometimes everything doesn't take the way it should. So there was supposed to be an October 1 delivery. There wasn't an October 1 delivery, and all of that got pushed back. So I'm just simply telling everybody that, you know, this is not usual for Swarovski. Um, all there's been like every, you know, Lycos, uh, Zeiss, and they've all gone through these changes with their delivery system. So there's been some really interesting things happening. So in other words, so they jumped it, the gun it, well, and promoted it, but then they can't deliver. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is that they, it, it was just a simple system of they were just trying to get deliveries from from Austria and the, and the products made and now now we're getting flowing of it and so like there's a giant shipment supposed to be coming in today and so we're getting pretty excited about it so i just wanted to give a shout out to our customers who've been really patient so um that's number one but the weight that people have i have been blown away by the messages that i've gotten over the people that have received theirs and it has been um it's the same aperture as the X series. Um, super lightweight. Uh, the 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 seventeen power on the low, uh, the magnification on the low end is incredibly you know easy to look through, and you know would be a really you know I call you know I would term that as a viewfinder, and 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 as soon as you find it and you go to start ripping on the power and and going back up. Man, it goes all the way through the power range, and and in little spotting scopes, you know, when you get below a two millimeter exit pupil, boy, you know, sometimes things tend to fall off the table a little bit in terms of light gathering. Well, there was no fall off on this. This thing has been an incredible piece of gear to play with. 
And, um, I, I mean, it will be a part of my system for sure. Uh, so the power range is 17, 17 to 40. Okay. And, and I, by I, 55? Uh, 56 millimeter. 56. And I think the interesting part about this piece is, is that it's integral. It's, I mean, it's all one piece. There's no, you're not taking two pieces. It's and not put, a modular system. It's not a modular system at all. And so I, the only thing that I can surmise from some of this, and I've, I haven't, met any of the the engineers that were on the project i'm hoping to do that when we're at shot show and 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 talk to some of those guys but you don't have two pieces that you're putting together so you don't have those filters that are i mean you know every piece of glass you add in there is doing something to it but it just seems incredibly efficient for how small and and the power ranges that you're going through so do, do you think, thinking out loud, I haven't seen it yet, haven't put my hands on it, um, do you think it would be a candidate for twins? Um, or do you think the well, eyepiece is too wide? Well, okay, so um, Adam's adapters, we've been talking to him, and I've kind of, he and I have been going through that together. Um, I, I, I will absolutely tell you that the idea came up right away, but then... I gotta be honest with you. What are you gaining? Like, e even if it was, well, it's gonna be lighter than my twins. Now, well, probably. But, but you got a fifteen fifty six. So I could make the argument. Yeah, you could turn the power up on one of them, or, but it's well. One of the things I like about the twins is the fact that in one eye, when you find something, you can then you zoom can absolutely in. turn it up. Absolutely. And so. You know, you basically have a 17 by 56, but the option to go to 40, right? Th this is true, and, and you're, I'm not saying, I'm not, the, the thing is, is that what we've come down to this, the, the guys that are going to be, if it's possible and it's done, the guys that are going to be able to do it are going to be the guys that, that have a really wide IPD. Yeah, and that rules me out. So that, that's why people have asked me, like the twins with the STX. Yep. And I'm like, my eyes are so narrow, the um, ocular lens, they're too big well, I for mean, me I, to get my eyes close enough together. Jay, I know guys that have taken a bandsaw to them. Not a band, I'm sorry, a, a belt sander. And tried and to thin sand. them out and sand them up. And I mean, if I guess if that's what you want to do, but. Um, on the actual rubber? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Right. Yeah, on the on the X series. And have they got it to work? Uh, that's yeah. I've I, a matter of fact, I've looked through a set, but I don't have to have mine. You know, I right. I don't know. You're I mean, not a squinty eye. I'm, I'm not. I I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I can. <laughs> My I can eyes are so I, close together. Like I, on the 15s, I have to. The old eye cups, you know, that mm -hmm. had the ring on the outside. Yep, yep. I have to pull those off. Um. But on the new ones, you should be... You Which, uh, by the way, that is, uh, this is off the top of, of the question, but <laughs> the other day I was sheep hunting and on the 12 NL Pures, I just took my knife out and cut the eye cups off. Well, why? I got tired of having the eye cups there and then p pull out of my bino harness, look around and then have to pop the eye cups back on. So I just cut them off. Heck with them. But, Jay... Like, I like the concept... Jay. I know, but you know. <laughs> I like the concept, but every time back and forth into my bino harness, having to, and, and they don't, okay. like, 
So th- I would say they're, they're very <laughs> secure, but they're not easy to click up and click out. Like they, like there's a definite like, oh no, like you, a pop they, and like there's a definite positive. There's a resistance and there's a definite. Yeah, like, and they did what they wanted to do, but yes. not what I wanted to do. So I literally cut them and just boop threw them. Boop. Jay, you know that you could have taken them off. No, I just cut them. <laughs> that is my that's that might be well it's not my favorite jason I, I, I got so it's tired getting, of that i just close. took my knife and just went cut cut problem solved um so in the package mm-hmm. i don't read the directions. i know you don't <laughs> <laughs> spatulas <laughs> the the there are when pants, you take those off, pants. when you when you clip them off, the little wire sets in there. Mm-hmm. There's you can put the spacers back on there so it it creates a nice little ring. Yeah, I'm but, sure. Um, I'm sure. It, it's I'm not going to affect your if glassing. Someone find some eye cups out in the middle but, of unit so two and the. But so this this is the thing that I would tell you. This is a good conversation because look when when I have my chest harness on, I take my eye cups off. I don't need, you know, there's some guys that want to, and, and I get it. They spent three thirty two hundred dollars plus tax or whatever the deal is on a pair of optics. And they're like, oh, I don't want anything bad to happen. I agree. I totally get it. Mm-hmm. But you also spent, you know, 125 bucks on an awesome, you know, like my, you know, I love my marsupial gear and, you know, I know that Jim builds that stuff. So it's, you know, that's going to protect my optics. Why would you go through all that? Why would you go through that? And then the other thing is, is that I can't stand the drag of when you're putting your optics in your harness of the of the tips of the the cups raking on the. I cut uh, them flush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled. That's and awesome. cut it. Well, cut. so uh, um, yeah. So Solve now that problem. Sorosky's uh, gonna get. Well, they got a warranty issue now. Sorosky's <laughs> gonna say. Uh, they hear that Jay Scott said just to cut them. Just cut them. And em. for the, I just want to be clear as the, <laughs> as, as the, as the, the Sorovsky representative at the, the table right now. Um, I would tell you that you can gently pull those off, and then you can put the spacers on that, just so that that, that everybody's clear. And if everybody's got any questions about that one, please call me. <laughs> don't call Jay. And by the way, if you don't want your cups and you're gonna get rid of them, just send them to me because I got plenty guys that lose them and jay needs spares yeah and jay yeah jay needs spares now so but okay. yes okay but back to, to the atc back to the atc so the twins adam is an incredibly smart dude he's building some awesome products and um he'll get them as close together as you can i'm not saying that this is not a good idea i'm just saying for my own purpose my own personal things because once I put something in those those vices, me personally, I'm not taking them in and out. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm me leaving too. them put. So I, I haven't touched I, mine since I've had them. I don't. I don't mind the idea about you know. I, I. It would just be if if we could do one to see how it all works out. I. I would feel more comfortable saying that I'm 100 percent behind it. But all the other twins, absolutely, knock yourself out. Let's get after it. Speaking of eye cups on the ATC STC, are 
does the eye cup stay on or does it come off? As no, no, no. It, it's in tech. It's it, there is no break. You cannot take the. Oh, you mean the you mean the actual eye cup on the objective side? Uh, no, they're 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 clip-ins just like the other spotters. Okay, so they they're removable. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, it's got a. I mean, it's a very interesting. I mean. <clears throat> so there's a lot of different ways. You know, they show pictures of people hand holding it and I, I mean I'm I'm a tripod guy. I'm never gonna hand hold a seventeen power anything. So let's just be really clear. I, I, I think it's an interesting idea because I think what's gonna happen is is that you know you've seen the old Western sheep hunting pictures of the, the guy laying the you know the spotting scope in the crease of his you know his hat, you know, his cowboy hat and using that as his tripod, so to speak. There is an element to Don't that. Don't ever do that with me. Well, no, I, I won't. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's just not my way. But they've the the way that they've created this is is that there is an actual. I want to call it like a. It almost, I, it almost looks like a an orthotic, and it literally fits on the bottom mold of the 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 scope the, the, the spotting scope. And what the reason they have it is. Is that you can hold it, or you can you could wedge it in, be, like into a sandbag, and you can still turn the 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 focus dial. So, so I wait mean, a minute. So you can easily turn the focus dial. Oh yeah, there's no the complaints. There's I no have resistance. With the SDX is in the power range ring, not not the Correct. fine focus ring, but the power range. It's pretty. It, you kind of got to get on it. You got to get on it a little bit, and almost like when you're on a buck and looking a long ways, and you go to well, you, hit the range. You better like have your stuff tight. You better have some resistance on your right on your tripod. Yeah, you you got to be fairly careful when you do that. Um, but I'll tell you, the focused and the and the. I mean, they've there's none oh, of that. It's, it's per it's it's dialed. Nice. I'm I'm excited to look through the piece. I think where it's going to fit a real. Um, niche is sheep hunters. Oh, cooter hunters. The, the, guys that are cutting weight. But the need. guys that are cutting weight, and I'll tell you the perfect like the guy that's just simply using ten forty twos, ten fifties, twelve forty twos, twelve fifties. That, and then he wants just a lightweight spotter. That, that I would tell you that that's most of the guys buying it. Period. Yeah, they just flat out trying to cut weight. Any difference between STC and ATC as far as the angled straight? Nope. It's, it's your same no. angle. It's everything's everything. To your eye yep. feels good. I, I'm just telling you, when you look through it for the first time, the aperture is so nice and easy and comfortable. Comfortable to look through. It's completely different than than almost any other you know small spotter that I've I've messed with. Okay. Next question. Um, this guy is saying he's for the Wasatch Muleys, so he's up in Utah. Okay. Um. It says add BTX, have ATX with 85 millimeter objective or 15 by 56 Swaros for Wasatch Muley's run 10 by 42. So it sounds like he has 10 by 42s around 1556. in his chest harness. And then you know, he's asking, it, add the BTX. It, he already has the ATX spotting scope, 85 millimeter. So there's a lot of people going through that right now. And I, I, I would come back to... The best way for me to answer that one would be is to say, how much time are you spending looking at stuff at mileage? Not 500 yards, not 1,000 yards, but how much time? 
A mile you know, plus. If I mean, if you're looking a mile plus, and you're looking, you know, and you're wanting to see from you know this side, you know, all the way left peripheral, all the way right, and look at this huge giant mountain, I, you know, the BTX. I mean, that would be perfect. Not saying you couldn't do it with a set of 15s. Not saying you, but I mean, in perfect comfort and and looking at 30 power, I, I think it. You know, that's to me that I mean. I don't know. I mean, I, I go back to it again. Jay, I haven't even pulled a pair of binoculars out to look through them in terms of the couple times I've scouted. I mean, it's been BT. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at pockets of does right now. I just I want to figure out where the does are. I'm just looking for pockets of deer. So if he's hunting muleys, though, my argument would be well, if you're not looking at that mile plus all the time. Right. Yes, getting the BTX eyepiece would be a great yep. addition because he could pop it on his 85 yep. and he would have that capability. Yep. But I believe if he's doing the truly the Western muley glassing techniques that we all know and the type of country that I know he's hunting, I mean, one would argue maybe he's, <laughs> if, if those 10 by 42s are on a tripod, he might be picking up all the deer. But I would maybe argue the 15s if he's just doing well, it, moderate it, glassing. It, it, it kind of goes time. back to the the 10, 15, and spotting scope. It's you know the the trio that's worked for forever for 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 big game glassing like that for for really long distances. Right. So I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's always a tough call. But I would just for me, I always go back to the BTX in terms of how much I scout with it. Or, or if I'm helping somebody, you know, if I'm looking at that mile plus, then I go to the BTX. But if it, if it's that under stuff and you're just doing the, I, I mean, I'm, I'm never going to just tell you that I don't believe in a, in a 10, you know, a 15 and a, in a, in, in like an 85 millimeter or whatever. I, I still think that's a really go to do everything, go anywhere in the world kind of system. Okay, next question. Uh, Swaro 25 to 50 or 20 to 60 magnification. Not sure which to get with the ATS spotter. So he has. He has the older. The older. Older, version. you know, a a ATS. So, so here's the thing the 20 by 60 is the eyepiece that has been around forever. It's a great eyepiece. It's pretty much. The, you know, if, if it's an, AT, an STS or ATS-80, it's kind of that spotting scope that all others were judged by at least in the last 20 years. You know, at least back to the 2000s, right? So um, the difference between the eyepiece is, is that the 25 to 50 has elements of field flattener and edge-to-edge -edge clarity, and it, it's a... I actually like the eyepiece better. It's because it's such a wide, much for the power for power, magnification for magnification. It's a wider field of view. Which one? The the twenty five to fifty. Right. And so, and then people would say, "Oh, well, it didn't go to 60. Well, most of the time, I'm not turning it up to sixty anyway. I'm I might go to sixty, but I. With that older eyepiece system, I was always kind of going back about to that 55. about 50, 55. I mean, whatever, you know, whatever the situation called for, whatever looked good when I was at the time. But I've just come to appreciate that I love the twenty. I love the twenty-five to fifty. 
And I, 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 it kind of makes me kind of feel like I'm looking through a set of ELs. Yeah, it's it's really bright and beautiful when you look through it. Um, yep. I will say that 20 to 60, the 30 to 70 in the new spotting the, scope, right. they got rid of the issue where you're at 30 and you crank, and as you magnify, right. you lose quality. I would say, if I'm being real honest, someone that's had every generation of Swarovski yep. scope, yep. That 20 to 60, when you get in that 55 plus pushing it at Correct. 60, you lose something. Yep. Uh, and that's me being honest. And I have the 50 wide angles in my twins. Right. And they're, it's like looking, it's totally different. It, look. 100%. It's bright. It's like. Yeah, they, um, and, and I like, I mean, if I had to pick and choose, if someone said, if you were going to give me, I know this is completely contradictory to what I just said, but I would be okay with a 20 to 60 and an 80 millimeter because you're getting 80 millimeters of, of light coming to you. Mm-hmm. But if I was go, if, if you were giving me a 65 millimeter, I would take the 25 to 50 in a heartbeat. Cause you need it. I just think it's a better combination for the 65. But if, you know, if you get it in the 25 to 80, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. I was talking to, you know, one of the boys the other day and, uh, and they're doing, you know, uh, cash is doing, uh, uh, 25 to, to 80, uh, twin spotter from Adam. And so I, I mean, knock yourself out. You're going to love it. Yeah. We, we need to, uh, help the next, uh, Instagram. These questions are from Instagram. He says, we need to get this message across to the wives. Oh boy. He says, any chance Swarovski can do Christmas commercials like all the jewelry commercials so our wives <laughs> will find out about it? You know, that's, that's I, I always think be nice. I always think back to the to the Kai J. I, the first thing I always do is like, just tell him it was on sale. <laughs> but the the I always think back to the one guy who called me and he's like, Cody. He's like, hey, I'm I'm gonna purchase these you know optics and and I I just want to be really clear. I, I, and I mean this as serious as a heart attack. If I even receive a single email or anything, even a piece of paper in the box that shows a receipt, <laughs> if there's any, even anything in there that even remotely shows a price, I will literally send them back and you'll refund me. Let's say I didn't and I, order them. And I will, I will, I will not <laughs> admit to it. And I will not purchase from you. That that is an honest to God, true. That's fantastic statement from a guy that was just didn't Scared want his, his wife. wife to know. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, I already own 15 Power SLCs and 12 NLs. Life is good. Yeah, that's. See, it's, it's he, that golfing. He's, he, he's got, he he's got a lot of clothes in his bag. Cons when considering BTX 95 versus STX 95. Well, so he's already sitting fat with 12 and 15. Yeah, you, you've got your choices covered with that deal. But so. You kind of answered it before. Yeah, I mean, I kind of answered it before. But again, it's, you know, I, I would just tell somebody. Like, again, 
I personally use the BTX for searching, for for scouting, for finding deer at great distances. Okay, so if it was the actual hunt, you would probably pare down and I, go with a bino. I, I would. Well, I would go with the bino and and the STX. The and that's. I mean, if you go look at my pack that I'm packing right now, it, it literally will have the 15s and uh, uh, an STX. Well, I don't know what i did to my 85 but it's got a little rattle in it somewhere in there i don't i think i dropped it off the tailgate i might have done that um so i'm going 95 so stx 95 right so he's he's in the dilemma of spotting scope or dual eyepiece btx the only thing i'd say about the btx is it's fixed power it, well, that, but so the, if he's wanting to identify and like that's really cr- yeah if he's in, an inch counter or he's trying to he needs to go with he the needs to go scope. with the spotting scope that's why i would do that right it, if he's just searching go with the btx correct All which right. is by by the way which is why he should eventually have both that's the whole. Well, if he owns 15s and 12s, why not? Yeah, but that's the whole point of the modular system. Right, to be able to switch it. And so if he had to pick one or the other right now, that the, the, the question I would do to literally, I mean, say, what are you trying to do? If he's just searching for deer, go BTX. But if you're trying to ounce, or, I mean, inch count and, you know, verify how big that thing is or, you know, am I going to go travel the three miles to go look at it, turn the power up, I'd go the STX-95. Okay, here is a tactical question. No luck seeing mature coups this month. Do they have a pre-rut phase with more activity? Sure they do. I mean, it's getting colder. I mean... We've just come out of a, a full moon. So, I mean, I don't know when the guy's looking or, you know, I mean, but it, I mean, things will start. Sounds like will, he has a December whitetail tag. Yeah. Or, or he's hunting the, you know, the archery, you know, right. but he he's just patience. Right. And I think one of the things is everybody that draws that tag, they start thinking, oh, I got the rut hunt. I, yep. And they're just expecting it early. And typically it doesn't happen until if it does happen. It happens after Christmas, especially for more mature deer. Most of the years, yeah, it's an after Christmas deal 100%. if they're going to move at all. But one thing you get right now before Christmas, no matter if you're in northern Arizona, in northern Arizona, you're going to get rutting quicker. Christmas time, there's a good chance in yep. 6A and That's 22 cr- and 23 and yep. some of the central units, 20, 27. Yep. You might get some bucks chasing does like mature bucks. Yep. Down south, it seems like it's going to be a slower a l- process. A little bit later. Correct. But you see, did he, you get did he say where bucks. he was? No, he didn't say where he was. But you get these bucks right now that are working scrape lines. Oh, yeah. And they're just walking. And one of the challenges is you see a buck between now and, say, Christmas, and even after Christmas, and you catch him, and he's just walking, he makes a scrape, he keeps walking, he makes a scrape, he keeps walking, or you check him, and he's just walking, checking a scrape, not even actually scraping. Right. And he's just moving. Correct. sometimes they're very difficult to see. Yeah, I mean, that's always the... stay on. That's always the, you know, people always talk about the October hunt versus the... You know, October hunt; those deer aren't going to be moving a lot yeah, and staying pretty put. You, yeah, you, exactly. And when you get into the to the rut hunts, 
and you see a deer on one time, that that just does, it doesn't mean he's going to be there. And you know, unless he's on a hot doe, just because you saw him right there doesn't mean you're going to see him. It might be in ten days before he comes back to that spot again. Question here, and, and it's just three words: budget, spotting scope, question mark. It's kind of like made in America. Two words for you: made in America. <laughs> Do you hear that? Um, You're not commenting on that? Yeah. What, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to answer the question. I, I, um, you don't know what his budget is, but no, I think I don't, what he's meaning I, is he's meaning that, uh, uh, you know, he's on a budget. Right. I, you know, I, I mean, I'd be looking real serious at the Diamondbacks. You know, if you can look at the Diamondbacks and the, uh, uh, you know, and the, and the Vipers, you know, there's a lot of guys who love those scopes and, and use them all the time, and we sell a boatload of them. And and I think for the, the pricing, you know, and, and both of those are, you know, under $1,000. And I think you absolutely should take a look at them because I think they're, you know, they'll do what you want it to do. One thing I would tell you is, is that this is just a me thing. Um, if I was buying something under the $1,000 mark, this is just my opinion, me personally, I would buy the 80 millimeter or the bigger objective. Get more. Light. I would want as much light as I could get over going with the smaller. I, that that's the one instance where I would definitely take the, the lower the price point. One hundred percent. I hope that answers his question. Best lightweight backpack type spotting scope. If you had to choose. Okay. Is that, a, that's one question. He's got several here. Best lightweight backpacking type straight spotter. Um, I mean, well, you, well, you I, gotta I think, say the new. Well, it, well, the, it's the STC and the the five five fours are the eyepieces alone on those two the are Koa 554? the Koa five five four and the and the and the STC. Um, are absolutely, you know, the, I mean, that's just the way to go. Okay. Was there a, a second parter to that? Well, not really a second parter, but he says, if you had to choose between 15 by 56 SLC HDs, or 1250 EL HDs, mainly for coos deer hunting. Which so one? the first thing I'll address is, is the HD part. The 1556 SLCs, there's only one binocular sold that's brand new, and it does not say HD on it, even though they're HD. He's so talking I, about the second, the older the, generation, I'll bet. Well, I'll uh, all what I'm you're saying, saying is, is they, they don't call the new ones. They do not the last call the three, four year generation that are what we call new. Correct. They do not call them HD. They do not so say he's HD. Probably looking yeah. at the generation before I, if he's calling them HD. I mean, I literally have people call me back and go, "Hey, these aren't HD." I'm like, "Well, yeah, they are. They just it's the out. only ones that Sarovsky makes or sells, and they are all HD." Right. Sarovsky decided many, many years ago five, six years ago, that they're phasing out of, quote-unquote, calling everything HD or not HD. But just to clarify, 
the generation of Swarovski 15s before had HD and non-HD? Actually, that's not true. Okay, tell me what's true. They were all HD all along. Oh, and then they just stopped calling. And then when the, when the, when the second... You remember how there was the ones in the middle that were called the new and yeah. NEU? Yeah. They've always been HD. They've been the highest grade glass that you can have. But something happened when when five years ago, six years ago now, I guess maybe it's seven, when they announced that they were coming out and shortening and you know they were switching to the abiconic prism and doing all that stuff that they were doing and and changing them and get you know better ipd lighter weight you know three quarters of an inch you know, feel, well they didn't have that's the, not in there but that's but that was the thing was is that it, it was weird because the public was like oh well they're just coming out with an hd model well they've always been hd but it doesn't say hd on the box doesn't say hd on the on the deal, so I just want to just letting people know everything they make is is HD glass. You know, in terms of the ELs, so I mean, it, it's I, high I guess quality. My question though is: Is he comparing the latest generation fifteen by fifty six? I think so. I think so. And he's comparing the twelve fifty ELs. Well, he calls it HD, but it's and again, it's just it's twelve fifty EL, right? And it's. Let's compare the latest yeah, versions. It's, it's the latest versions. What would you say for Coos? Um, I, I'm gonna. I, I will always go with the 15s for for Coos Deer, and I, I don't want to bring this person up because I, I just I just had a phone call from a person that you and I know very well. Did he cut I, his eye cups off like me? I, there's a chance that he would because <laughs> there's things that drive him nuts. But he called me the other day and we were talking about a piece of glass. And he's like, Cody, you know what? He says, I was, you know, helping with a sheep hunt. And he was like, I, I love my 12s. But he said, when it, when it got to the distance, he says, these guys were eating my lunch. Mm-hmm. And he says, it wasn't until I switched back to the 15s that I started picking up stuff way easier. Yeah. And, and, that's the, I, and that's, I will that's flat that's out tell you, pure this is a guy who, who knows glass. This is a guy who I would have on any hunt with me because I know he's got good eyes, and he's dedicated. and 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 I'm again, it's not a knock on the twelve forty twos, but the distance that he was covering, right? That you need the, the three power. Th- that three power meant the difference, and I've always contested that. and And I and I I've said this story a hundred times. Dark Holbert and I sitting eating eating lunch with Parker, you know, on a nice little mesquite flat looking up the mountain. I'm looking through my twelves, I glance over a spot. Dark goes, Hey, did you catch those does up there? I'm like, What does? I go back, he and I are comparing side by side. In the fifteens, those does at a thousand yards stood out like a sore thumb. In the twelves, I had to literally slow way down. So what's the moral of that story? Slow way down when you're glassing with, with lower power. Sure. So with lower power, you tend to just really get moving fast. Well, you're not you're, you're almost looking for the movement and right. the and and the things that just stick out, and that and that's fine in certain situations. But for me, for the whitetail hunting, I, I just appreciate the 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 longer you know view the the power of the fifteens. But I'm not saying, 
you know, I've, I've had this conversation with Cash Armstrong, you know, for, I mean, a couple years now. There's places where Cash, I know, loves the 12s and needs the field of view, and there's places where the 15s come into play. Sure. So, again, I don't know, that guy that has the 12s and the 15s, it's just like having, you know, golf clubs in your golf bag. There's different different tools for different things, and, and you use them you and know, I, appropriately. And, and he was talking about the 1250 ELs. And we're also, let's throw in the 12 power NLs. Yep. You're still talking 12 power. So yeah. My it, argument is for coups, nine times out of 10, I'm going 15s. Yep. If I know that I'm going to be in country where I'm not looking very far, and you need the field and, of view. I need the field of view. I'm going to take my 12s. Yeah. I love the 12s. But for coups, 99 out of 100, yep. I'm going to take the 15s. Just because of the extra three power, picking up those bedded deer, looking at those distances yep. where your eye is picking things up at a distance and you can glass actually faster with 15s because your eye's picking it up. Correct. Where you go fast over it with 12s and your eye doesn't pick it up that's that's exactly it's 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 that's a hundred percent right okay cody's pointers for a late season rifle coos tag in southern arizona wow find the does patience um you know i think with the shorter days you you gotta really be wanting I, I think that, that, that making sure you're in your spot well before light and be prepared to stay until, you know, well after, you know, walking out in the dark, um, looking for the pockets of does. Um, you know, if you don't, if you're, I would just say that if you're not seeing a ton of does, you're probably not going to see a lot of bucks. I mean, at, at a certain point, that it, all that's going to collide. Right, and I, I, you know, early uh, on, go uh, to the places where just the bucks are. But as correct. the hunt progresses, start really you, focusing on the does. does. Remembering where you see does from the day before, when you sit down to glass, immediately check those does that you know are kind of in yep. that area. Okay, they're there. There's nothing with them. Keep an eye on does. Right. Correct. Be constantly kind of like I know there's three over here and there's five over here and two over here. Right. And and those does, by the way, are. The bucks at that time of year, they're making bigger and bigger circles and figuring out where they got to travel to find the does. The does are still pretty much homebodies. They're they're not going to be moving Absolutely. very much. And so if you find a pocket of does and, you know, you, you know that there's little bucks chasing one doe or a couple does around, sometimes it's just play, but there might be a hot doe in there that all of a sudden the next day there's a, you know, there's a good buck on it. The other tip that I would add, and I beat it up pretty good on my Instagram is, and I think it's important, is after about an hour or two of glassing in the morning, obviously depending on whether it's normal cold temperatures or right. if it's warmer than normal, Yep, that might change my timing, but within an hour or two, they start... <laughs> the deer, does, and bucks kind of start focusing on where is shade. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're maybe 
still feeding, but they're going to ease more into shaded pockets, continue to feed, but ultimately looking over the next couple yep. of hours or where am I going to lay down? Yeah, if, if weather is typical of that time of year, I, I 100%. And I think you get guys that are looking in the open, give me spots early, and they don't make the transition after about an hour and a half, hour to two hours, let's say, to shifting focus from yep. those open, easy spots, those gimme layups, to now let's totally shift focus and say, in the landscape that I'm hunting, if I just look at it from a very simple view, what part of these hills could a deer lay down and get some shade from 365 days a year. Yep. Meaning you get to go home every night and sleep next to mama. They're outside <laughs> sleeping next to mama. They learn real quick which hills have shade, which trees yep. give shade. That's correct. Where they can go to stay cooler. And I get messages from guys all the time when they the light finally goes off that, oh, they're up feeding and doing their thing. But then they, every day of their life, yeah, they, exactly. they start seeking shade, which has us looking in those afternoon shade pockets. So you right. just come to a new bit of country or you're looking on your map and you say, I like to do it when I just show up and I go, where would I go if I wanted to stay the coolest in the afternoon? If you told me right now, you need to go sit somewhere in the afternoon and lay up for three or four hours, where would it be? That's where I'm going to start looking with right. my binos. Yep. After that first hour of good light, I'm going to start focusing on those types of areas because you'll find deer They're coming funnel into in them yep. and bedded down, feeding, laying down throughout the whole day it was a interesting thing when ty and i went out the other day um ty's so busy with his baseball schedule that you know he doesn't get to come glass with me as much as he wants to but you know i told him i said hey i said uh what i want you to do is pay attention to that you know that shaded side of the you know the, the cut right there and uh and sure enough i mean the deer that we all saw we're all coming out of those shaded spots. No, I mean, you know, it was afternoon deal. All of them were coming out of the shade and going into the sun, you know, in the afternoon. Or at least moving around in that shade. Or, you know, feeding. Sure. And, uh, and so, you know, it was a pretty good lesson for Ty. But, you know, the, 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 uh, the other thing that I was going to mention to you, um, I've had several reports of people hunting down south over the, you know, the last couple of months. And the grass, the grass is just, you know, horrendously tall in places. And uh, so slow down. The other thing, slow down in the grass. But one thing I found with the, and I'm ex fully expecting it in Mexico because some of our ranches got up to 30 to 30. I 33 I, I, inches is the highest I've Dar, heard. Dar was talking about this. This is crazy. And the grass is supposedly ridiculous. In that case, looking from low to high is very difficult. Yep. So what I like to do get is get them. high level with them or higher right. than them and look down because it increases it, your angle. That's exactly right. Um, I think that's important to be able to, you know, on years when there's no grass, you can sit lower and look up on a hillside, but it's very difficult because you'll only see like right. the top of their tips <laughs> of their rack. Right. Um, 
Okay, got a question here. Koa 664 Twin Spotters or Swarovski BTX for Coos and Desert Mule Deer? Well, first of all, both. Second of all, they're, they're going to work for either. If you're a straight guy that likes straight, then get the 664s and enjoy it. If you like the BTX and you want the modularity of a whole system, get that because they're both going to do it. Um, you know, Craig Steele's been using those 664s for, I, I don't know, it's got to be going on seven, eight, nine years, something like that. I mean, he's been using those for a long time and been incredibly successful with it, doing, you know, what he does. And, you know, I know I know guys that are incredibly successful with the BTX. So um, I, 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 I think that question comes back to more of a thing of, do you want the ability and use a straight or do you in 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 the ability to turn up one of your eyepieces to one power or the other or do you want do you want a you know a, a, a modular system that you can use with the btx totally agree with you i don't want to create problems or issues or unwanted phone calls because you've answered it a million times but <laughs> Swarovski, I'm talking to you because I get this every week. People want to see a BTX that is variable. And surely someday, someday I'm not saying it couldn't happen. That I, has to I, come I, Does it not? I think it, look, I, I, for the record. And I, how awesome would it be? For the record, I would love it. For the record, I would love a straight eyepiece too. I know that those pieces are labor intensive and and extremely precise in how they're built. I I don't know what it does if you put a variable in there. Um I don't know what it does if you make it a straight. I've I've been advocating for this and I just I don't think it's on the horizon. We can dream. I, we can dream. I, I I mean, look, I've said that before, and all of a sudden, but but remember, there are products that they have started building today that you won't see until five years from now because they will not put out something that they don't think meets the mustard sure. or cuts the mustard meets makes the grade. Okay, Leupold uh, VX5HD or Night Force at SHV F1 for long-range hunting setup. Weight is not a major concern. Um, love both. Familiar with both. I own the VX5. Use the VX5. Trust the VX5. That does not mean I'm not trusting the the night force um i'm just more familiar with it i love the locking turret um you know we are you know night force will be in our future that the next question ironically from another night force is in our future go hunt um, ever carry night force there you know there's just certain products that 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 we want and there's some back orders and so they're they're getting through that and so 
it is definitely in our future and and we will we will definitely have some fun with 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 uh with a good portion of uh, of that product line so there you heard it first right there i think Given we, we, we've been working on the that jso podcast listeners i love yeah that. absolutely um <laughs> it's gonna be a bit because we're we got some products gotta it's being made is Swarovski spotter worth the money well i i, I mean for me yeah 100 percent it is for me um 100 the the you know we get asked i get asked a lot you know is this worth it versus that and i will i will always come back to the three my pillars of glassing buy the best you can put it on a tripod slow down with your glass be methodical about it right and and i say that because some guys misconstrue that first part of that is oh Cody says you gotta buy three thousand. No, don't get me in trouble with your wife too. Don't I don't need I don't don't need that pressure. What I'm saying is is if you own a two hundred dollar pair and all you can do is go to four hundred or five hundred, whatever you can do to create less eye fatigue and 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 more time behind the glass. Okay. I I th- I think that's what you have to do. I didn't say because you're doing a two hundred dollar pair that you have to upgrade to the two thousand dollar pair. That's not. I'm just always just always try to upgrade to the next best piece. That that's all I'm saying by that. And then if a guy wants to go from the two hundred to two thousand, fantastic. You're gonna you're gonna love the difference because. Jay, I took out a pair. I'm not going to name the name of this, and and I'm I, I would never do that to a company. But I took a pair, piece of glass out the other day. That within three minutes of glassing, I, I I was like I can't I can't do this. It my I could not. I had trouble focusing. Um. Both sets of eyes, my son and myself. My, my Ty's got eyes a thousand times better than mine, and mine are pretty good. I, I'm wearing readers now, but you know, for for close up stuff. But when you get me into the field and I'm focusing binoscopes, anything like that, I'm crystal clear. And and this, and again, those would be an upgrade over over some other companies. But when I would sit there and compare those versus the the you know my normal fifteen fifty sixes, the SLCs, it wasn't even a comparison. That I I was literally getting a headache. Right. And so I'm I'm not trying to pound on anybody. I'm just trying to that good. There I, there's just a difference. There was no, you know I I I got them to where as crisp and as good as I could. I worked the diopter setting. Then focus with both eyes, and I I really really honestly tried, and 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 they're they're pretty good, but there was just something about that edge to edge, and 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 I, it wasn't the rolling ball effect or anything, but boy I tell you it was, it just within a couple three to five minutes I was like man I I my you could just tell by I was kind of getting headachey. 
All right, next question. What should you do if you lose a deer in the thick stuff? Stock in and assume or wait? Well, I, I'm assuming he's meaning that he just walked into thick stuff. Yeah. Or, I mean, are we talking well, I don't, after didn't the shot? Say or? If he walked in. No, I think he's just. Um, I'm assuming it's walked in. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if. I mean, yeah. How much time has gone by? There's a lot of questions I'd like to ask. Patience them. is a virtue in that one, but um, like, how long have you been waiting? Yeah, they just went it, in the thick. You got to wait them it, out. You know, I always think about, well, is it is it a thick that you know has a lot of like Exit there's routes? like there's a lot of like you know you don't know where the thick stops and starts, right? Or is it like an island or you know like what? It, I mean, if 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 it's an island kind of a deal and that deer walks you know into a thick stuff. He's, Toast. That means that somebody in my group is not taking their eyes off of that until until we've vetted that. Right. But I, I would tell you, did, did what was the second part? Of, he said, or go in after him. Go in after and assume, or wait it out. No, if you can't see and you don't know, you're not. That's the discipline. Hundred percent. That's the discipline right there. You don't just wing it and go. Nope. In. Um, what tripod have you found to be the smoothest for filming running an outdoors? Oh, running outdoorsman's now. Well, well I've been a, using the slick. I was going to say, you've been using the slick forever. Um, yeah, I, 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 I gotta be honest with you. I mean, I've, I, I've been loving my slicks. I've been using, I've been playing and toying with the, you know, we had a couple of Sioux Rays out the other day. Um, you know, I, I, I still go back to like, I have no problems with the old like Manfrotto 290 extras. You know, that's, that's been around that, that model it's changed over the years. It was a 3001 BN and, like and, and then it, and then it went to 190 and then they upgraded the 190 and they made it a 290 extra. And so that that spot that's been around forever. Well, when you talk about tr he's talking about tripod smoothest. We're well, he's probably about talking legs, about the heads. But we need to talk about the but, heads. But the, the but the heads. Um, the Sure VA five. Sure VA five. My camera stuff. Um, and 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 I've been using a lot with the bigger stuff is like the BTX. Um, I've been in the one fifteen. I've been using the VH ten. Yeah. Uh, I've been really really positive about that. What he wants with um, the camera is he. You don't want a tripod head that's jumpy, that that yeah, you, do, doesn't change um, transition from side to side or yeah, up and down jumpy. I, I, you don't I, want that camera. Jumpy. I always call it slop or, or, you know, it doesn't have a lot of reverb or a little pushback. You know, when you when you finish it and you let go of it, it basically, it, it's it's very smooth and it stops fluid. and, and flu it, it's fluid. Right. I had to explain that to a guy the other day. <laughs> it, with a tripod company, by the way, that you know we, we've been working on some stuff, and and I, I would I, I would like to see some changes on some things, and and uh, and I, I explain them like I, if I do figure eights, I want to let go and have it just stop, and I want it to do it with a multitude of of optics, right? You know, from from and then this I range, be able to push it with my yeah, nose, and and then and then I, yeah, exactly. I was trying to explain that, and they're just—I mean—they're looking at me like I had a third head. But um, yeah, it, it was. 
Okay, will Swarovski ever step up into the monocular rangefinder game for tree stand hunters? It would be nice for Leica well, or to come out with a five to six they, power they zoom. They have stepped up hunting. to that. And, and by virtue, when I say that, Collis, if you're not looking at the Collis Helia, you're missing something. Look at the Collis Helia. It's a fantastic unit. I've been carrying one for uh, you know almost a year now. Um, and I will put it right up next to, 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 to the 2400R from Leica. Um, but I understand what they're saying, you know, about the bow hunters and, and, but that, 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 that Collis Helia, don't kid yourself. That's a great little spotter. I mean, a great little binocular, uh, uh, compact rangefinder. Monarch. Vortex Diamondback Tactical. FFP scope for hunting, both models. Um, basically, a, 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 a more, more you know, economic-friendly, uh, budget-minded, uh, packed with a lot of bells and whistles, sold a boatload of them, and have gotten n n no negative feedback from it. Expectations met. Any quick, easy, in-the-field tips for cleaning and keeping your lenses clean? Um, preventative maintenance first. What? Preventative maintenance first. Like What's that? Keep them covered when, when they're not being used. Um, I was joking. Oh, well, <laughs> stop cutting your eye cups off. That would be one. Um, yeah, I mean, I would just tell, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I always, you know, I just created a couple little packs, um, you know, for this hunt, but I, I, I always have a, a, a brush that I can, I can brush dust off and I, I always lightly can, brush dust off. Li yeah, lightly brush dust off. And then, um, I always have a package of, of, uh, of lens wipes. And I prefer, you know, either the Zeiss or, you see them mainly under Zeiss or Nikon. Um, the wet ones? Well, they're, well, not wet ones. Well, yeah, the wet ones, but I mean, not the brand wet ones, right. but the, the, I like the, like I was in, You're where was I the other day? wipe on your optics. No, no, no. We're, um, yeah, do not use the dude wipes on your optics. Um, where, oh, I was in Walmart the other day walking out and, um, yeah, right there kind of coming out of the Walmart, there was a, there must've been a stand that was. I, it had to have been, you know, the like size of a refrigerator, and it was screaming your name. One hundred percent Zeiss uh, lens wipes. They had like a sixty count and like a hundred count. Did you I was get, like, "Did you load up?" Well, I, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I I, <laughs> I might have turned back and, and made it made another purchase. I I was a little low on on uh, on on the lens wipes. Um. Yeah, I, but I would just just preventative maintenance, keeping them covered when they're when they're not in use, um, and and and, uh, and and then you know brushing. Um, some guys keep a little air you know squeeze bottle with them, you know to blow stuff off. That's fine too. Um, I don't normally do that just because it you know the 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 bulbs that I like to blow stuff off with you know are typically a little bit bigger, but you know. I just got a text message in from Matt Ashley with Go Hunt, and he said, Jay, 
I believe you're on a podcast. We are going to turn back on the 100-point insider offer like we had going over Black Friday. Fantastic, yeah. So here I was, my phone buzzed, and I was listening to you, but maybe I should talk about this. Matt. Um, Matt, actually. He said this would be a great thing to include in your podcast. The code is jscott 100 so if someone buys an insider membership for yep. 149 which gets you all of the mapping, the new mapping yep. stuff. All of the mapping. Phenomenal. It gets you all of the insider tools. Yep. All of the data, all of the harvest statistics, all of the unit breakdowns, strategy articles. Monthly then, drawings, points. Points back, which Points is back for, for the gear shop, everything. So if everything. you sign up for 149 they're going to $100 credit back in Correct. the Go Hunt gift shop. Correct. So immediately in the gear shop, you're going to get to spend a hundred bucks. So yep, I I don't know how long this is going to be a limited time. He said I can text him how long is limited, but limited time. So guys, go to GoHunt.com, use JScott100, sign up for the Insider. You're going to get mobile mapping, yeah, it, which is how are you digging these maps? I, loving it. They're incredible, aren't they? Oh, it's been I, and I use it for. I use it for, I mean, I use it for fraud, like identification stuff when I'm figuring out, you know, when we get fraud identities and I'm figuring out who lives where, I, I, I go through everything. Yeah, I use it for that. I use it, you know, I, Wade and I were using it, you know, telling him, Wade went out scouting for me yesterday and this hunt and, you know, it's, I've been using it. Re- I've been using it religiously. Um, the topo doesn't work because they don't have good topo in Mexico, but right. all my ranches in Mexico. So I go on the go hunt map and put all the roads, all the boundaries, water oh, nice. tanks, glassing points, and the 3d even works. Oh, okay. Which is incredible. The- so I can, you know, all 50 of my ranches or whatever I have, I can map them out on go hunt mapping. Right. And then it's on my phone. So I save my maps offline, right, right? and when I go down there, I have where the road structure is, new ranches that I haven't been to. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. No, it. Um, but, I mean, I've been using it stateside. The, the topo for me, you know, all that works incredibly well. Yeah. The 3D is, is probably my favorite feature. I like to be able to share, like yesterday. Right. I shared a whole folder that was just, I mean, hundreds of points. Right. And data. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, just you the, can do that. Just share and boom, send it off. I'm like, did it work? He's like, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, which is awesome. So are you, when you are when you go down with your, well, I mean, you're not in every camp because so much of it is de- right. uh, do-it-yourself, but so are you providing that yeah. for that particular ranch? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so I provide maps to everyone. Well, that's that's go hunt doing so its thing. Jay Scott 100 guys go save some money. Okay. Thank you, Matt. Um don't text me anymore, Matt. I'm busy, but that was <laughs> that was a great one. Um I tend to get headaches from the optics. I use Viper HD 1250s. Is it the quality of glass? I don't think it, it I mean it I don't think it is a somewhere in there no different than me talking about the glass that I was looking at and testing. I, I there might be somebody that looks through those and that never have an issue, never have a problem, anything. 
perfectly well. It, it, it's it's possible. Um, I would certainly what I would do is is a. I would um, try to figure out if you look through other pieces of glass if you have that same experience. And then the other thing to consider is, is it possible that if you've had these pieces of glass for a while, is it possible that they're out of collimation? And have someone else look through them and ask yeah, them if they see the same it, thing. And that's 100, that was the, just the, the next suggestion. Heading. That's exactly right. Yeah. So there's a uh, kind of some things to go through there, and and I I but I would I would never be above sending my binoculars in to have them recollimated or to make sure that the focusing focusing mechanisms are a hundred percent you know functioning working and intact. Okay, this I'm afraid that this question is like going to be its own podcast, but just can <laughs> can you like because I want to get to some of these others. And maybe you can contact this guy outside of this and talk to him directly. But Kestrel and Bluetooth rangefinder or rangefinder binoculars, which one and why? Well, um, that I, I would actually have that guy to reach out to me, and I don't care six zero two three nine nine three six nine nine. Those conversations, because there's so much detail that goes into that, um, you know, because there's a lot of different brands. You you know, Leicas. Uh, 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 six hour, um, you get into the to the uh, the Revic uh, uh, BR Fort. Just have that guy call me. Okay. Uh, that sounded like you were like working for me at a moment. Like no, just tell like uh, yeah. If you're listening, well, I, I want to get please call these me six zero two. That one could take you like yeah, thirty minutes. Six zero two three nine nine three six nine nine. More than happy to spend the time and go through it with you. For solely tripod glassing coos and mule deer, would you rather have 12 NLs or SLC-15s? I think we answered this. Yeah. SLC-15s, we would both lean towards it. Uh, yeah. Unless unless we knew that we were not going to be looking at long distances and peripheral well, view, I, field uh, of view, wide angle was right. important in scanning. And, and, but, and I've always just said, look, I, you know, mule deer... I think mule deer are a little easier to see in a lot of, you know, terrains and, and, you know, 12s may be the ticket for somebody, you know, somewhere else, but I tend to lean on, on the 15s for the big stuff and that, that, that's okay. Next question. Do I upgrade to 12s? Listen, East Coaster, do I upgrade to 12s on a tripod or smaller spotter? East Coast guy who goes west once a year. Well, uh, the first thing I would say is, is that, you know, you, what you should be considering is, is that I hope you're at least putting your eights or tens on a tripod. If you're not, if you're not, do, try if, if you're not doing that, because that, to me, that answers the, the follow-up question is, is, which one do I upgrade to? Um, because if you're successful with a, let's just say a set of ten by fifties on a tripod, I know in Jay, you know, we we all know people that have been real successful with ten by fifties in a, in a spotting scope. Yeah, and some of those people have the most. That's what I used to use forever. Well, I mean forever, and some of those people have some of the most awesome coos deer collections that I've ever seen in my life. So. You know, the bottom line is, is that, yeah, 10 by 50s in a spotting scope would work. But 
you know, I don't know, maybe that maybe that person feels like they need a little bit more magnification because of the certain areas that they're hunting. But um, I, I think it kind of depends on, on what you're doing with the 8s or 10s that you're already using. I think you have to have a tool that you're spotting the animals with. And the very next step is if you have a good tool for that, right. then you need a tool to identify. Correct. If you're a meat hunter and could care less and you just want to shoot a buck, then it, go with go with uh, binos. Right. If you want to see whether it's a three point buck or a four point buck, or more importantly, or more specifically, excuse me, if you want to say, see whether it's a five inch That's G2 correct. or an eight inch G2, go with the spotter. Yep. Um, Mid money range spotter for primarily backpack hunting. Uh. Vortex Viper 65, uh, even if you go to the Razor 11 to 33 by 50, um, yeah, I think that's what he means by mid-range money is, you know, in, you know below that $1,000 mark or above that, you know, right in that area. But yeah, that, I would start looking at those, the, the Viper and the, uh, the Viper and the Razor would be really good for that. Is the new SLC 15 by 56 great Coos optic? Yes, I won't even go into it. But 100%. The, the best tool you could have. If I just had to have one for Coos deer, that's what I would go with. What adapter do you use for your twin spotters? Other preferred options. I use an adapter. So how long have I had those twins now? Eight, nine years? Well, something like, yeah. It's probably, well, it's, yeah, it's probably been eight years. And That I, was Benny Wells. I got my... I've never taken the scopes off <laughs> right. the adapter, and they've been on the whole time. They've never been knocked out. Yep. And I don't even, I don't know, but I don't even know if he's making them anymore. But there's this new guy, I haven't talked yeah. to him, but Adam's adapters. Yep. It's kind of like doing it a lot. Well, he right? just, I mean, I mean, I think he's a a, a machinist by trade, and and I think that. Um, I'm hearing people. Yeah, no, I mean Benny. Benny did a great job, and I I think Benny has another profession, and and I think he's doing other things, and and I think he he rode that horse, and he was glad to do it. But um, you know, I mean, and Benny, if I'm wrong, please call me if you're listening or somebody. I mean, you know, he if he has a few units left, help him out. It's it's awesome stuff. Um, But at the same time, Adams Adapters has has been doing a really really good job um it's a little bit different mount and he's put some really good things you know in in place and um and by all accounts and i've talked to a lot of people he's done a really good job with it and um and the and the mounts are solid and they're repetitive meaning that people are able to you know um put them back together and, and do that. But my personal view on it is, is that if I'm buying twin spotters and I'm putting them together, once I lock them in, they're not coming out. Right. You're not using that. I'm not going to for I, something I, else. I, I, I want them when I, when I finally, when I get them, you know, uh, he, and he, by the way, he does a really good job of putting them together and, and getting them to a, a, a place that, you know, where you can make some adjustments. Um, but I would just tell you that once I get my, my IPD set and once I have them completely focused, I'm not changing dialed in They're They're, they're staying that way. Okay. Difference in budget range finder versus thousand to $1,500 range finder. 
Well, um, it kind of depends on which ones they're talking about, but, you know, glass quality can be an issue. Um, the bells and whistles that does it just operate in like a, uh, an angle compensation and line of sight mode or a bow mode, or does it operate, say, you know, linking up to, um, you know, a, a, a ballistics program or a mapping program or, um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, there, there's a lot to cover in there. And so I would tell that person to, um, call me so we can get more specific 602-399-3699 as a general rule how long do you glass one spot when looking for deer he doesn't class clarify whether it's coos or mule deer well for me personally um it kind of depends on the situation if i know there's a buck there and it's say early season i'll probably spend a little bit more time hanging out and really trying to stay there and, and figure out where he's at within a certain area. If it's late season, I might be a little more apt to move to different places because that, you know, if I'm in a good place that I can see four or five different pockets of does, I'll hang out, you know, but I may, you know, I may switch if I'm not seeing a lot of movement or red activity or, you know, I don't know, maybe those does aren't, you know, coming into estrus, and so I, I think it just depends on the situation. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know my, if I'm... My thing is, I think there's people that sit in one spot way too long, and I think there's people that don't sit in one spot long enough. Yep. And the hard part is kind of finding the the middle ground. Exactly. I think, I think early on, years ago, we were taught the grid system and we were taught to work over a bit of country and work left to right, right to left, and work it like and, a grid. And, and repeat it over and, and over again. And, and, you know, I go sit next to Dark Holborn. If I'm just sitting there watching him at first light, he is literally shotgunning all over the place. He's looking left, right, up, down. He's panning, 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 panning. And I look over in one of our clients is literally sitting looking at the same spot i look over at dar and he's just all over panning left right up down he's getting up moving two feet looking left looking right looking up down moves over another two feet looks over looks over he's looking for the first 30 yep. minutes he's just scanning 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 yep. no rhyme or reason then i look over and well, dar they're, they're, is slowed down yes and he's after a couple hours and he's focusing on one spot and yep. I look over at the client and he's over there shotgunning. Yeah, exactly. They have it wrong. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. When the right. deer are really moving, move to go quicker. Yep. Spend, you know, look at it fast. Well, it, it's, uh, we've Catch always talked movement. about it. Is that like, like I always call it, look for the escape routes first. Like I always kind of look at you know, saddles and places where if, if, if they go over the top, you're not going to, you know, I mean, look at Start those places first. first, right? you know, and, 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 and certainly like at the first light, you might have to look real close, like look, look real close because you don't, you know, you just uh, hiked up in there. Uh, you just hiked up in there. You, you could have deers right. You could be right on something and not know it. And if you're not looking close and like I, that people ask why I carry eights for so long, that's why I love I love putting a set of eights on a tripod and looking at everything closed real quick, 
and it it's it, it happens more often than not that I'm like, oh, you know, man, we we might have we might have pushed in here a little deep, but you know, the fact of it is is that I think there's different scenarios and in in Dar's example of of shotgunning or speed glassing or power glassing, as I've heard guys call it, but um, absolutely one hundred percent. You just got to know the time to do it. But then you also want to glass with confidence. So you want to expect to see and find what you're looking for. And we all get kicked in the teeth at times where you're looking and looking and looking and you don't see what you're looking for. We all fight the urge of, do I need to leave? That's a fine line of like, why am I here? Why did I pick this point to glass off of? If I feel like I've hit it, right, and and hit it efficiently, and I'm not seeing the numbers of deer... Or in, even in a low-density spot, if I'm not seeing deer at all, then yeah. I'm going to move. Because I feel like I can move to another point, get a whole new fresh view. You know, in 15 minutes, so, I can bounce over and move. But then there's times when you need to just sit down, yep. slow down, and work right. it over. And until you glass enough and get confidence in that it's going to take a while to know whether you're taking too long or you're doing it too fast that's 100 percent correct so here let me ask you this question because you do you you get so many people with varying degrees of of skill level in terms of glassing right mm-hmm. Is the correct statement mm-hmm. okay so when the first deer is seen for the day do you ever take the time and lock that guy in on that deer just so that he can get like okay hey look this is the distance this is the body proportion here's the proportions the coloration sure i think like i did that with ty the other day And and i realized like how important it was because once he did that he like I mean, he full on understood and found the next. Deer. He, right. I mean, he knew what he was. You know, he knew what he was comfortable looking at now. Right. And I think that that's really important. But I would also tell you in those situations that we're talking about, once you've locked that guy or that person, and and everybody's kind of seen that first deer. What I always find fascinating is is that when you find a doe. I don't like chasing the does around, like in pulling everybody's attention to the I one doe. Deer. I got deer. I got deer. Hey, great. Like, we're going to look at that one deer. Right. And then I, you got, we need to go back to looking at different stuff because all of a sudden everybody's concentrating on one deer. And let's just say it, it takes 15 or 20 minutes for everybody to, to get through you that. Your buck and, 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 and now, now you've got, you got bucks over here that are gone. Right. So I, I think that's, I, I, for if you got people with you and you're doing, like, get everybody acclimated and then spread everybody, get everybody looking at different things in different places. Because if every time you find a deer and you're chasing that deer, you're not looking for you're, new deer. You're, you're exponentially creating less chance for you to find deer. I mean, it's one now, of the... Now, if you find a big buck or something, I, I you know, that's, that's a whole different story. But I, I'm going to give people advice that are going to hunt with my hunting partner that's going to be guiding them in Mexico. Don't go sit right next to him. And when you see deer, unless he asks you, don't tell him you're seeing deer. Just let him do his thing. He doesn't want to sit and talk. He doesn't want to know how many deer you're seeing. And when I sit next to him, 
and I go, I got deer. He sometimes doesn't even respond. Yeah. Because he's already looked at seven or eight deer and hasn't told you. He's looking for a specific buck or he's looking for a good buck. And just like what you're saying, if you happen to be sitting and someone's glassing next to you, it's one thing if like after four hours, no one's seen anything, <laughs> then we all rejoice Dar. when someone says, I got a deer. Okay, where? Let's look at it. But at in the first hour, it should be kind of an unwritten rule of like, just, everybody knows what we're looking for. Just pump the brakes. Maybe after about down. 30, 40 minutes, or even if someone pops out of their binos and catches eye contact. You can be like, you doing all right? I'm seeing a few. Yeah, I'm seeing a few. Okay, back at it. Yeah. But like, just because you see a doe here and a doe there, let well, the other person concentrate on yeah. what they're doing. Because how many times have you gotten, especially in a group situation where there's several guys, and you and I probably both are guilty of it, of just shellacking the other one where we're like, dear, 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 dear. And what you do is you get the person that's sitting next to you oh, yeah. following you. Because you've you got deer over that's here. That's an easy way to get breakfast I, paid for, I mean, brother. you get a hot hand going. Oh, yeah. But it's a bad habit because... You're just you're, making yourself, the group, less efficient. Yeah, your, your, your efficiency goes way down. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's kind of fun. Uh your opinion on Zeiss Conquest HD 10x42 binos? Fantastic piece. $1,000 piece of glass. Um, I mean, I, I've used them, and you tripod mount them. I, I mean, there's a lot you can do with that, and I would tell you absolutely, if you're considering it, do it. You'll love them. Uh, what's your favorite tripod setup and why? Mine is the Slick 834 Dude, 833. You can't, you can't do that. You can't take mine. The next is no, the 733 yeah. or 734 with the Sure VA5 head. I've um, been using it since Cody turned me on to it for several years, and it's my go-to. Because I'm always testing, I'm going to just... I've been using a 933. Ooh. I've been using a 933 with a VH10 head, and... It's been it's worked out really really well. I can shoot from it. I can do a lot of different things from it. Super stable. My my go to has kind of been, you know, if I'm if I'm away from the truck, it's been the it's been the eight thirty four. So I've been real happy with that. Um, I like a mid weight tripod. I don't have. I mean, now if I was, you know, like like your sheep hunt deal, that that's a whole different ball of wax. But. Um, when you're trying to ounce count, what I mean, I have a 634 with a VA5 head on it that I absolutely love. Um, but, right, but for, if you're just for my go-to general everyday deal, I, I, I normally lean on the 834 and the 933. Yeah. Slicks. Um, and I have been using a, a Sure 124 that I actually really like too. So give those a, give those a whirl. Uh, I, can, I can see you thumbing through a bunch of stuff with it. You must have gotten obliterated with Ever questions. Ever heard of certain glass making people sick, nauseous, even on a tripod, not 100 percent. Um, we I'm not sure. Talked about it I, I'm, I know, but I'm not sure. I, I, okay, so it, the thing that that normally causes that is is what's typically referred to as the rolling ball effect, and. If anybody's ever p 
picked up a pair of binoculars and then like moved with them like scanning a bird a lot of people get it for different reasons you know maybe when they're moving um i generally don't ever i I, matter of fact i've only experienced it one other time before this one incident but there was a piece of glass that i will tell you i don't even want to mention the name but it was a very well-known um company and I had great hopes for the, the 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 piece of glass, and there's a lot of people that I've sold that glass to that have no problems with it, whatever. But I'm telling you that we were looking for a big old 108, 110 inch deer one day, and I pulled these out, and it was light, and and I wanted to to get a wide field of view and have them be super super bright, and I put these on a tripod. And I went to start glassing, and within about 30 seconds, the first time that I moved, it, Jay, it dropped me to my knees. I literally spent two hours trying to un- mess myself up because I, I literally went down and, 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 and took a, like basically took a nap and then got up and tried to, and, and it, I, I, that effect happened, and I've never had it happen on another piece of glass like that. But I instantly got nauseous. Um, question here: New Koa eighty-eight versus the previous model. Compare and contrast. Um, the 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 optics is all the same. It, they just changed the body and construction. I, I mean, the glass is phenomenal. It, I mean, it's an incredible piece, and I would tell them, um, I. I, I don't know exactly why they did it that way, but I think they were trying to uniform some things and, and get in line with the new 99s and have all of them be on the same page. And I think that, um, but the glass in them is incredible. Scope that doesn't weigh two and a half to three pounds for Western hunting, shooting steel at a thousand and solid three to 800 yard big game optic. Ideas are NX8, Mark V, or March all in lower power, i.e. three to eighteen to three to twenty-four. Um, My new build is a seven mm, six point five PRC, probably FFP and MOA. Well, the March thing that that scope's been around for a while. I don't. I've never. I've never shot one. I've never sold them. Um, I, I'm not. There. I. There. Uh, I believe it was a German company, but I think they're all Japanese made. I, uh, it's been a while since I've really, really played with them and looked at them. Um, the NX8, I mean, fantastic. You know, uh, I mean, I, I would say battle proven, battle tested. I mean, it, it's been put through the ringer. Um, I love the, you know, the different um, variations you can get in in in, in uh, magnifications. Um, I, I trust that 100%, but I, I also trust the Mark fives. Um, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those. I wish I could comment better. I think the marches kind of made a, 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 a play on to the PRS and, and NRL series. And there's some guys that shoot them on there. So, um, I, I just reserve, I, I would, I, you know, I'm not going to say anything with, with something that I've never played with or shot like that. 
But if uh, that if if he wants to have a, a more in depth conversation, just have him. I mean, we you know just call me six zero two three nine nine three six nine nine. Any experience with the loophole SX five spotters looking to upgrade but don't have Swarrow money? Any ex- same guy? Any experience with loophole? SX5 looking to upgrade but don't have Swarovski budget. Uh, man, I I I tell him to look at the um I tell him to 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 maybe pay attention and look at the uh um what's uh, yeah, I'm just losing my train of thought. The Koa 77 773 or 774. So I think that would be a real good option and and I mean you know, for the money where he's at, he's at that seven, seventeen ninety nine. I mean that that's a that's a great place to be in. That's a great performer. But if he wants to just go, you know, one tier up and and he can do that. Um, the other thing is is to to think about. Um, you know, I don't I don't know exactly where his ceiling is, but you know, you could think about going with a twenty five to fifty by sixty five, you know, HD or. I mean, there's a couple different options in there. General thought, Leica versus Swarrow. Tough to compare anything against the NLs. Well, first and foremost, you got two of the best, you know, pieces of glass in the world right there. Um, Leica, um, I mean, I just sold a pair of Leicas yesterday. And, you know, it was funny because everything I said, that guy experienced. And... um, the Leicas tend to have a, a bit of a, a, a blue tint, whereas Swarrows have a little bit more of a, a of an amber tint, if you will, a yellow or a, a, a an amber. Um, and I I would have no problems if you said, you know, if you want ten or I mean twelve fifty ELs versus you know uh, the the twelve fifty uh, ultravid HDVs. I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm not going to be disappointed with either one of those. Um, when you bring the NLs into it, the one thing that the NLs have over everything I just mentioned is the field of view is so much, you know, wider. So the glass on them is incredible, um, but again, you're still talking about the upper echelon of glass. So it wasn't that the the NLs had just a, an amazing upgrade in in overall glass but it's what they did with them to you know help you with the the feel of view and the the you know made them so that they're lightweight and they you know they did all that that was that you know that was not the thing it was just that oh my god you're getting a, a, an overwhelmingly uh brighter clearer piece of glass it's um but yeah i mean like a really the differences that you're going to see are the are the the colors Cody, that's a wrap on the Q&A. Um, do want to remind guys, go to Go Hunt, sign up for the Insider. Yeah. Use the Chase Scott 100. You're going to get a $100 credit yep. back in the gear shop. Uh, so you're going to get all of the Insider for 49 bucks. is basically yeah. what it boils down to. Um, and I would just tell guys, you can email at optics at gohunt.com. My email is cody at gohunt.com. My cell number is 602-399-3699, or you can call the, 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 the main number at 702-847-8747, and I will do everything I can to get back with you that same day, and I, I work very hard at doing that. 
and I get messages literally every day of guys that you helped and odd hours that you helped and oh, yeah. all hours that you helped and the amount of personal interest that you took in their situation. And that's one of the things that I think makes you special and different is you literally take the time to figure out what is it that they need and how do I fill that need? Because everything, everybody's situation is different. Yeah. Everybody's what they're hunting is different. And, um, it means a lot that you take care of my people. And, um, I encourage you guys to reach out to Cody, tell him you're a J Scott outdoors podcast listener. And, um, just thanks for taking care of people. Yeah, I appreciate it. I just try to help people for what they need and what they're looking for. I try not to put everybody in a box and just send them out the door. It's yeah. I try to give people a very unique and, um, kind of a personalized custom experience and you know to what their needs are and uh i just appreciate you helping us out and sending us giving me the opportunity to be on the podcast and uh you know it's uh I, again i get humbled just by the amount of you know feedback we get but uh i just love doing it just love helping people out yeah well thanks for doing it for so long and with the intensity that you've done it uh guys thanks for listening to the podcast uh, mexico coos deer season for me is right around the corner here in january uh getting all of my do-it-yourself and guided groups getting all their paperwork done gun permits getting all that in line <laughs> gonna Can't have imagine. a big year the the uh, monsoonal rains two monsoon seasons in a row i think antler growth is going to be fantastic if arizona uh, is any hint as to what what mexico might be i think we're going to have probably one of the better years we've ever had down there if you are interested in a hunt reach out on instagram send me a dm i am booking now for 2024 uh, also announced that we're going to be doing some mule deer hunts this year um, already have some mule deer ranches lined up for next year um, so if you're interested in that uh, send me a message also uh, desert bighorn sheep uh, hunts in mexico uh, send me a message if you're interested in that and um, just love getting the messages from you guys on these december hunts and how the rut's going and how your hunt's going i just appreciate you listening uh, cliff gray has been doing a bunch of guest hosting on the podcast he's had chad mendez he's had alan bolin he's had um, a really cool podcast episode um, with the guy that uh, has access deer in, in Hawaii. Uh, but he's doing a really good job. Uh, everyone loves Cliff. So check out those episodes. And uh, thanks again to Go Hunt, the Go Hunt Insider. They've Thank been you. my title sponsor of this podcast since the beginning in 2015. Believe it or not. Uh, Can't believe it. We are coming up here in another month, eight years uh, on Jeez. the podcast, almost 850 episodes. Uh, 70 million downloads it's closing been, in on the thousand been an unbelievable run um thanks guys for all of your uh, you know attention that 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 you give this podcast i want to thank the sponsors go hunt kuyu phone scope just been uh, a great run here and um let's keep it going and thanks cody for uh coming and well, thanks for doing what you do, Jay. Let me have a platform. Looking forward to the next episode. So yes, sir. Guys, take care. If you want to send me a message, you can reach out on my Instagram account. Send me a DM. You can also send me an email, jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. 
And uh, that's a wrap. God bless, guys. Take care. Thank you.